Hi, this is Sky Brooks and crew, and you know who. With their support, Jenny, Cass, and Mia, it certainly makes this all possible for ID Discovery, and I hope you're all doing well. We're doing well here, finally. After colds and flu have taken their tolls over everyone over the last few weeks, we're all glad to be back. And what we do here is, is discovery and understanding what is, and try to pull back the curtain a bit. Our core values remain intact, whatever the attack. As we will continue discovering, we are passionate on what we say here, not on the mere idea that this is a passing credo or thesis. Having said that, the question is, what are you? We re recently received an email from an individual, Matt, who shared a story with us, clearly passionate about from a path of addiction and recovery. We will mention Matt's story with what worked for him and to most, surely, controversial. And as you're aware, we'll bring up some other issues as well. Hope you stick around. See you in a few. Yes, Sky. At this point, I would just sail. In your vague description, you mention a few interesting topics, and I can bet many have already have done their research on those you have written. I can therefore mention that there are many questions that lead to the investigation of man's origin and actually his relationship to whatever, or to whom he may worship. Discussion of that subject does not give attention to all of the theories floating about. However some of the most prominent ones are scarcely necessary to say that these theories of the subject are quite numerous, and widely different, and that in each school, of the philosophies of men, are evident for their learning and intelligence. And that's about as far as they can go because they just create their own roadblocks for further light and knowledge. Basically there are only three theories arranged under these rare headings of the foregoing, that really need to be mentioned. Anymore, it just creates confusion. One of the first, monogenists, those are those, that hold mankind has descended from a single human pair, created by deity, and their descendants have been modified by climate influences of food, habits and other conditions of life and thought to constitute the various races of man, this is the theory of those who accept the Bible as the authority on the subject. The second are those that fall under the category of polygenists, these folks insist not only on an act of creation, but upon a number of independent creations each giving birth to essential unchangeable peculiarities of a separate race, therefore constituting a diversity of species with primal adaptations to their geographical distribution, and finally the third the evolutionists, we know who those are, it's who believe all existing species are but developments of pre-existing, and lower forms of life, which in their turn, were developments of still lower forms and so on, back and back on till you reach a type of spontaneous generation, of the lowest types of vegetable and animal life, from some sort of a primordial soup, as like an accumulation of mold, upon food or the swarming of maggots on meat. 
the birth of one arising out of the decay of another, the slow, and gradual unfolding, from a lower, to a higher sphere, and there were long succession of ages accumulating in the grandeur of the current intellectual mind. Of these three theories mentioned only the first and last need to detain us, since the theory of evolution is one of the more generally accepted by scientific men, and has rapidly progressed among the masses. Why would we want to evolve mankind from this devolved state? We now know that so-called human origins stories are not compatible with known fossils. I will end this here, I know you want to get to Matt's email. Cheers! Yes Jenny, I totally agree. No question. Well, as we continue, as I mentioned earlier, I also wanted to bring up Matt's email and some of our phone conversation and its content has changed this script several times. As I said, we received his email the other day and he left a callback number and sure enough, I did ring him and we did chat for about 30 minutes. Interesting listening to his story as he filled in many parts from his email. However, reading through it, as for me, it was quite the story or journey as he passionately explained his journey and living through it. And I was pretty amazed that an individual with such a personal experience with a life-threatening ordeals in many ways would open up as he did. In his email he mentioned that he was a pancreatic cancer victim and a survivor who had recovered from a procedure called the Whipple procedure and if any of you know what that procedure is that's quite incredible. It's quite an incredible procedure. Quite the surprise though it wasn't so much the recovery from the complicated surgery that I expected. He says with a 42 month recovery period they sent me home with two pain opioid medications, morphine and Dilaudid. Very addictive, as you know, saying it was very dangerous, of course. By the way, Dilaudid is 10 times the painkiller morphine is. Both serious side effects with long-term usage. Therefore saying, making a choice to try CBD and THC, discovering it reduced and eventually getting off the opioids with the likes of morphine and Dilaudid for pain. I was able, as he says, on the steady road to getting my mind back and from the pain medication being mentally present, as he explained, making it possible for physical therapy. This was accomplished by a choice he made in the hopes of reducing opioids pain reduction plan with a Nirvana THC and CBD plan. Over a year ago, he says, I started my journey in morphine reduction. I'm completely off all narcotics now for over three months. I clearly believe it was one of the key changes I made in my life that saved me from getting off the stuff. He is living in California and has successfully gotten his life back. During our phone conversation, he did say, not all products are the same, and though trying others, this worked for him. However, having said that, being in California made it possible and legal. So I would just say, that's quite the deal, don't you? Don't you believe that it will not only present itself, not only to be physically challenging, but mentally challenging to say the least. Some of the roads we are given to travel are quite the deal. 
You can reply to this or any other podcast we have completed and share your thoughts to BAJA737 at ProtonMail.com. These will strictly be held in confidence. No worries about that. Or if so, you could send a short recording and we will play those happy thoughts in a future show. If there is anything further of interest in Matt's experience, he would be willing to personally be available for us for an interview to explain more detail. Thanks, Matt. Well, Sky, we do live in a time and an era, where if you can't, count it, wait it, feel it, touch it, or see it, it just doesn't exist. Believe I'm right on that, we are basically a scientific society, a atheistic society, and the one who owns the science, owns the information that we rely on and seemingly trust. Basing what we do, according to that information, do this, don't do that, now we can do this those making the call. Just as a massive confusion it appears. We all have seen how that has played out over time, I'm sure. Now the word is equity, which is spoken of in platitudes, generalizations. It cannot ever be achieved, some are saying even by force. What we are facing is a type of renamed socialism, which is characterized by state ownership of lands and all means of production. There are groups that have taken advantage of positive movements and have turned them into a destructive ideology. Visualizing, not only a country but a world without courts, lawyers, judges, elected representatives, and even defunding for the purpose of removing police. Making the way for federal policing. This new society would change human nature even if it takes force to achieve it. Any resistance to the communal society would become a rare exception, and would be accompanied by swift and severe punishment. Individuals must forget that there was ever a time when even mere ownership of property or improvement from personal labor. Getting flippin' paid not to work, as you are now witnessing, wages will be abolished. We have already experienced the disintegration of mental and physical abilities of men and women regardless of their race. If someone does the best that they can for the type of work they achieve, they are just as good and deserving of income as any other person regardless of the differences of productivity. This is what they are saying. Each will produce according to his ability and each will receive according to his needs. Sound great, and who measures your needs? The profit motive will be for the benefit of society. This Marxist theory is, that the government machinery of the state will no longer be necessary, only communism. And only communism renders the state absolutely unnecessary. Now you have no one to be suppressed, excesses will begin to wither away. With that withering away, the state will also wither away. There are those who are passionately working for this, and have a voice over those who are working against it. However when those working for this are in control of the spoken media and social media, the challenge is significant. But not to lose hope, that is more of us than them, and you will to have decide which side of the line you stand on. If it's only money and power you pursue, those with more power will redistribute your money. 
Don't think for a moment that you will go unnoticed, even if you plant their flag on your rooftop. It's not the 40s and older group they are truly targeting. For most they consider having half a brain. I believe it's the youth. You see, it's a long-term goal, not represented by quarterly growth as seen by shareholders. Where do you see this critical race theory, or the 1619 project being taught? Your schools. Human origins are just not compatible with the known fossils. When you look at the narrative for origins, it's just a big mess. There's no consensus whatsoever, these people are working under completely different paradigms, and that's something not seen happening in any other fields of science. Many of these fossils show a mosaic combinations of features that do not match expectations from ancient representatives to the modern ape and human lineages. As a consequence, there is no scientific consensus on the evolutionary role played by these fossil apes. Of course, if it's made up, many are just comparisons between physical structures. Something like one would do in a basic comparative anatomy class. When examined, certainly there are going to be similarities. The existence of carbon-based assemblage similarities is doubtless. Having said that, this only has given the birth with the flippin' idea of common origins, for all existing species. Ask yourself this question, how successful are mutations? Has COVID produced any positive mutations or even the common cold? Is that really so different? If you look at Darwin's tree, Let's look at from the bottom up, as most do. A bottom up approach we are prone in giving individual fossil apes an important evolutionary role that fits a pre-existing narrative. With large gaps, with all kinds of assumptions made. Evolutionary gaps. From the top down, combinations of features that do not match expectations for ancient representatives of the modern ape and human lineages. As a consequence, there is no scientific consensus on the evolutionary role played by fossil apes. This also only relies on analysis of living apes, who are just the survivors of a much larger, and now mostly extinct group. If you ask, why, if species have descended from other species by fine gradations, do we not everywhere see innumerable transitional forms? Why is not nature in all sorts of confusion? Instead of all species being, as we see them, being so well defined, with any animal that is going under changing conditions of nature. The lack of difficulty of believing that a perfect and complex eye could be formed by natural selection, with such difficulties, would stagger the imagination. Let's all just skip over the details, and go with the computer image of a Neanderthal, because it's so cool. Let me just call attention to the fact, that in the great geological record, of which evolutionists boast so much, that not even in that can any intermediate transitional forms, that should according to that theory, 
be linked together by any fine gradations of species can be found. This is fatal to the theory of evolution. And again this is avoided rather than answered by putting forth the claim that the geological record is very imperfect. The great law is pretty straightforward that every seed shall produce after its kind. And every fish, fowl, and creeping thing, beast and man, shall bring forth after his kind. Crossbreeding, it can be for an instant, however it cannot be perpetuated, it dies out by being made unfruitful. Try as you make, and they have, there is no creation of, or has anyone ever seen a creation of a new species? And don't think for a moment, they haven't flippin' tried. Having said all that, how does that affect the theory of evolution? It rests upon the principle that lower forms of favorable variations being preserved by the process of natural selection amounts to the production of a distinct species. Adding just these facts, intermediates, geological records. Modern scientists lies, stranded upon the shore of idle speculation. Theories can distract and confuse. They say, look over here, not there. So are they working to find the truth or to hide the truth? Can language even evolve? Still, evolutionary disputes exist. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. A great thanks for everyone's input and hope you continue to listen. See ya. Who are you? You don't put any stock in this mumbo-jumbo, do you? Actually, I do.